0: This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. The book of Matthew chapter 14, I want to talk to you this morning. I preached a message this morning at 9 a.m. on Fear Not. You can watch that online, but I want to talk to you this morning for somebody on Water walking Faith. The book of Matthew 14, I'm going to read one verse to you. Well, two verses, in verse number 28. Matthew 14, 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Matthew chapter 14, the disciples have just seen the Lord do a miracle. Just a few verses before, the disciples have seen Jesus take just a few loaves and just a few fish and feed thousands upon thousands of people. And they have seen that miracle, and Jesus takes them down to the the edge of the Sea of Galilee And he says to them, fellas, get in the ship. We're going to the other side. They're heading to the other side of the the Sea of Galilee. And when they get in the middle of that sea, the Bible says a storm comes unto them. Now, Jesus is not in the boat with them. This is the second storm that the disciples have been in. The first storm, Jesus was in the boat with them. But this storm, Jesus is really nowhere to be found. They're having to trust his word. You cannot see him. They cannot find Him. They cannot hear Him. They're just having to trust God. We're hearing what You've told us. We're going to obey what You've said. And they get, watch this, they're not here anymore, but they're not there anymore. They're right smack dab, right between the two places God has them. They're not there but they're not there. They're right in the middle. They're about halfway to that place. And here's what you got to understand. When you're halfway there, you got to remember this. You're not just halfway there, but you're halfway from there. You are just as far from one side of hell to the other side of hell. You can't go backwards because you are just as far that way as you are that way. But if you go forward, you may not make it. This is where the devil gets us all mad. Up, then Instead of moving forward, he convinces us it's easier to go backwards. I remind you right now, where you are in your life as a child of God, you are just as far that way as you are that way. So you may as well just keep on pressing forward in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they get in that storm and Jesus comes walking on the water to them and they don't recognize him. Why? Winds are blowing. Storms are crashing. Lightning's flashing. And hear me now. The storm can get so hot that you don't even recognize what God's doing. The storm can get so big you can't even see it's Him coming to you. Now here is the question. Which direction did it come from? Did he come from where they are going or where they were? The scripture says in the book of Mark that he was about to pass them by. And if they had not cried out for him, they would have missed. Listen to me now. Hear me well. You can miss God. Hear me now. Hear me now. Back her on up. Put that massive Ferguson back in drive. You can miss God if you pay attention to the storm. You can miss where God's taking. Listen, Jesus came from where they were and Jesus was going to where he wanted them to be. And had they not cried out, they would have missed him. And here's what they say. They say, Lord, if it's you, bid us come unto thee on the water. And watch what he says. Come. They said, let us come on the water. Jesus just says, Come. Brothers and sisters, there's something in this passage that God wants to show us today because here is what you and I talk about. We talk about water walking faith, we talk about wave walking faith, we talk about storm conquering faith, we talk about Jesus, whatever you want to say. But you've got to understand there is a depth to that kind of faith that you're going to have to block out and move forward, block out and walk on, block out and keep moving, block out and keep following. Block out and keep going. I'll give you four things about this passage that I hope will help you. Number one, I want you to look at the call coming from this passage. Watch what it says in verse number 29. And he said, come. Now, Peter looks at him in that boat. He says to him in that boat, he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto thee on the water. You know what he wanted Jesus to respond back and say? Come unto me on the water. But what did Jesus say? Come. You see, Jesus is not interested in showing you how it's going to happen. Jesus is not interested in showing me how it's going to be done. There's some of you right now that are trying to walk with God and follow the Lord in a career decision and in a school decision and in a college decision and in a marriage decision and a family decision. And you're saying, now, Lord, if you'll show me everything that goes along with that, if you'll just show me how it's all going to work out, if you just show me how it's all going to go, then, Lord, I'll go out. And the Lord just looks at you and says, just come on. All right, Lord, I'll do it if you'll show me where my retirement's going to come from. And he says, just come on. And, Lord, I'll come if you show me that I'm going to have a good enough salary. Just come on. Lord, I'll I'll do it if I know that my my, my health insurance is going to just come through. Come on. Lord, if everything's going to keep running at the church and everything's going to keep running and my family, then Lord, I'll do it. Jesus just says, Come on. Jesus speaks a four letter word C O M E, come. You realize that that little phrase right there is the invitation in the entire Bible. It is the Lord's favorite invitation in all of the scripture. He starts out in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. He sheds the blood of the animals and he tells them, I want you to come and have yourself covered. Amen. He looks at Noah. Noah gets in the ark and the ark's about to shut and he says, Noah, I want you to come in to the ark of safety. David walks out there on the valley of Elah looking at nine foot, nine inch giant right in the eyeballs and he says, God, am I going to be able to do it? He says, he says, David, if you'll just come, I'll give you the victory. He looks at Elijah on top of Mount Carmel and Elijah says, God, are you going to come down? He says, Elijah, if you'll come up here, I'll come down there. He looks at Jesus Christ and he says, Jesus, if you'll die, I'm going to put you in a tomb. I'm going to see you in that tomb. But on that third day, he walks out of that tomb and do you know what the angels said? They said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Honey, we fast forward in the book of the Revelation and here's what it says. It says the Spirit says come. It says the bride says come. It says the angels say come. It says God says come. Here's what God's saying to a sinner. He's saying, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will will give you rest. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's the call to a sinner. But why do we think that that's no longer the call to the saint? You do realize Jesus saved you to do something. You do realize Jesus didn't save you like that lady on the Charlotte News said to get all fat and sassy. We're not just here to eat a bunch of, eat a bunch of bonbons and just wait till Jesus comes back and gets us. Somebody is in the boat. And you're wondering, is that Jesus calling me to do this? Lord, if that's you, if you'll show me how it works, I'll do it. He says, come. Do you know why? He's wanting them to respond to a word. When you can't see it, will you listen? When you can't feel it, will you listen? there are people in this room right now you wake up in the middle of the night hearing the voice of God saying just come there are people in this room that go to work every day thinking about another position God's just saying come there are people in this house right now wondering if you ought to go reach out to so and so and ask him to forgive you the Holy Spirit says come there are people in this room right now wanting to reconcile with a loved one but you're wondering is it all God's just saying I want you to come there is a call in this passage and he's saying it's going to be okay just come don't look for the answer. Don't figure out how it's going to happen. Don't figure out what's going to happen from it. Don't figure out how it's all going to work out. You lift your eyes to the heavens. Set your sight on Him. Listen to the call as He says, Come! The call in this passage. Number two, there's confusion in this passage. I want you to watch what He says in verse number 28. Lord, if it be that, if. Lord, if. Isn't it amazing how many times we throw that little two-letter word around to Jesus? Lord, if it's you. Bid me come unto thee on the water. Verse 29. And he said, Come. Do you know what Peter wanted to do? Peter wanted to walk on the water. You know what Jesus wanted him to do? Jesus just wanted him near him. You see, the goal is not to walk on water. The goal is to be where Jesus is. The goal is not to do the impossible. The goal is to follow the Lord. The goal is not to figure it out. Too many times, too many Christians, they've got this idea, Lord, you're calling me to do something because this is crazy. And finally, somebody's going to know I have faith. God doesn't give any amount of concern over what people think about you. Lord, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish it. I'm going to make it happen. God says, you've missed the boat. The goal is not doing the impossible. The goal is being where Jesus is at. Have you ever thought about this? Peter walks on the water. He sinks down. Jesus picks him up. Now watch this. Why doesn't he walk on the water back to the ship? Is he not hand in hand with Jesus? Sure he is. So why doesn't he walk back on the water? Because the goal is never to walk on water. The goal is to be where Jesus is at. Too many times we think big, bright, better is the goal of God. The goal of God is not always big, bright, and better. The goal of God is to be obedient to the Lord Jesus. The goal is never to be great. The goal is never to be rich. The goal is never to be famous. The goal is never to be out there. The goal is never to be the biggest this. The goal is never to be the highest that. The goal is never to be the most successful this. It's about finding the will of God for your family and for your life and doing that no matter what it takes. If you walk on water, if you don't walk on water, if you're where He wants you to be, That's what matters. But that can be confusing. Can I ask you a question? There are people in this room who have supernatural testimonies of Jesus Christ saving them. Saved them out of drugs. Saved them out of alcohol. Saved them out of foolishness. Saved them out of crazy stuff they were doing. Saved them out of backwoods this and and backroom that. And man, what a testimony. Am I right about it? Yeah. That's mighty. But then there are people in this room right here. You were saved as a five-year-old. You didn't do all that stuff. Worst thing you ever did was break a crayon, stuck it back in the box and blame it on your brother. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Did it not take the same blood to save the child that it did to save the vile? Which is greater? The goal is the same. It's to get with Jesus. People of God, I'm trying to help somebody because the devil has got you convinced it's not big enough. It's not a big enough step of faith. It's not a high enough. It's got to be something backwards about it. There's got to be something crooked about what God's asking you. This job is not a big enough. If God really, really, no, no, no. Don't worry about the step. worry about who you're stepping to. That's the goal. No matter what God's asking you to do, Because if you don't, you'll stay so confused. Brothers and sisters, number three, there's clarity in this passage. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse number 29, And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But can I show you verse number thirty? Watch what it says. But when he saw the wind boisterous. Can I ask somebody a question? Does anything stick out to anybody about that? Here's what I'm wondering. The last time I checked, you can't see wind. Am I wrong? You see a tree blow. You're not seeing the wind. You're seeing the effects. Of the wind. So Peter is walking. Now watch this. Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Is the wind not blowing right then? Well, sure enough it is. Because they're scared they're going to sink. And you know what Peter says? I'd rather be out there with you than in here dead. If it's you, yeah, the wind's blowing. He steps out. That hair is right there, that's nasty. <laughs> is the wind not blowing? Is the wind not blowing? Son, he's walking on liquid. He's walking on liquid like it's a solid. And man, he ain't paying attention to the wind. He's not paying attention to the rain. He's not paying attention to the thunder. He's not paying attention to the lightning. Son, he's doing it. He's a-going in the right direction. He's got his eyes set on the master. He's got his eyes set on the Lord. Yeah, the winds are blowing. And yeah, the rains are falling. And yeah, the thunders are crashing. But son, he's got his eyes locked on the eyes of omnipotence. He's got it looking in the eyes of the one that looked at the world and created it from nothing. And he said, if that's the one that brought everything out of nothing, I believe he can make me step on something. And he's a-stepping, but he got halfway there. And you know what he did? He took his eyes off of this, and he started paying attention. Can I ask you a question? If you're out on the sea, you can't see the wind. You can feel it and you can see what it's doing. But you can't see wind. Can I tell you something? Peter didn't see the wind. He saw what the wind was doing. And you know what he was afraid of? He was afraid. If the wind is doing this to the sea, what's it going to do to me? And he took his eyes off the Lord and he started looking. And the moment, the second, the very moment, the very second that he begins to take his eyes off the Lord, what does the Bible say? And beginning to sink. Can I show you something that brought clarity to me in this passage? You do realize the devil can't stop you. Okay, I don't know if you've just been in a Baptist church too long or maybe you ain't been around Pentecostal folk. I don't know what your issue is. But you do understand the devil can't stop you. If you're a child of God, the devil has no power. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. The Lord Jesus said before, he grabbed the cloud, ripped it out of the heavens, wrapped it around him, double-clushed it to the glory of the world, and ascended and reversed the laws of gravity. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The devil ain't got no power over a child of God. He can't stop you from walking in the will of God. He can't stop the plan of God for your life. He can't stop the church of Jesus Christ. He can't stop the will of God. He can't stop it. So you know what he does? He'll shake up everything around you. He'll shake up all the people around you. He'll shake up your family. He'll shake up the nation. He'll shake up the world. He'll shake up the the political system. He'll shake up the people all around you. And what he'll do is he's trying to get your eyes off of the master because he knows that if he can shake everything up... and you get your eyes off the master, you go down. But can I remind you right now people of God, if you'll just not let the winds of this world mess you up and set your eyes on the things of God. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they rage. I don't care what they say about your mama. I don't care what they say about your background. I don't care what they say about your calling. I don't care what they say about your finances. I don't care what they say about what God's doing. I don't care what they say about how far gone it is. I don't care what they say. Keep your eyes on the prize and say, I'm a moving forward. I'm a going forward. Ain't no power in hell. Ain't no scheme of man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. Amen. Listen to me. There are people in this room in your family and in your jobs and raising your children you will miss the long range plan of God because of what people think about you. I'm reminded every day of my life that no man can stop God but yet the Bible says quench not the Spirit. You can't stop Him but you can make Him quit. Reason that out because I can't. All I know is none of this can stop what God's doing in your family if you'll just keep walking. You say my mom and daddy say I shouldn't go to church every time the doors are open. That's wind. My husband says that I can't really be saved because of what I used to be, but I know God's done something in me. My kids say that I've lost my mind because I give my tithes and I give my offerings. But they say, hey, that's wind. People say that, that I really can't trust God and I, I really can't take that step of faith because it's not the way that it's always... That's a bunch of wind. Don't let the devil rip your mind up over that. Just keep your eyes locked. You say people around me say I don't have enough education to take that job. That's a bunch of wind. Just keep your eyes on the man. They say I'm not smart enough to go to college. That's just a bunch of wind. You keep your eyes on the man. They say I'm a, from a single mother home and no, nothing good will ever come. You just let the wind rage all around you and you just keep walking. Nobody's ever gonna take care of my family like so and so. You just keep on walking and let the winds rage. God's never going to turn it around. It's too far. It's just a bunch of wind. You let the winds blow, let the winds howl, and keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Because the wind's always going to blow. The devil's always going to try to stop what God's doing in your life. Just let it blow. Let it blow. Let it blow and let it go. As long as it don't stop your flow. Somebody say amen right there. That's pretty good. I like that. Somebody tweet that and put my name beside it. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. I'm going to sell the fire out of that thing. Can I give you number four? There's a call in this passage. There's a confusion in this passage. There's a clarity in this passage. But there's a comfort in this passage. Do you know what the comfort of this is? The comfort is impossibilities are no longer impossibilities when we are walking to Jesus. Can I ask you a question? How many of you have ever met somebody walked on the water? I ain't either. How many of you have ever seen somebody turn five loaves and two fish into enough to feed 5,000 with 12 baskets left over? I ain't either. You know what I found? Only one person ever walked on the water. Only one person ever turned five loaves and two fish into enough to feed 5,000. Only one man ever healed a withered hand. Only one man ever took mud, spit it in a man's eyes, walked it in his eyeballs like that, told him to go wash in the pool of sight. It happened one time. Stop telling me it can't happen because it's never been done. God doesn't replicate anything. God ain't in the reproduction business. God's what I call a Coca-Cola God. He's a real thing, baby. That's exactly what He is. Here's what I'm telling you. What is the step of faith? I'm talking to somebody. What is the step of faith that you are so afraid to take because nobody's ever taken it? You do understand that God may be challenging you to take the step in order to show somebody else it can be done. One man only left his family and went to the Burmese Indians, Adoniram Judson. Only one man ever left his money and his wealth in Britain and walked to the Chinese. His name was William Carey. Only one man left a, a thriving church at Water Beach and went down to a dying place. His name was Charles Spurgeon. God isn't looking for someone who knows how to do it. God is looking for someone who is willing to do it. Now, I want you to watch this. I got a wild imagination, Tim. I don't like the beach. I don't like the ocean. I don't enjoy anything about the beach or the ocean. I don't like the sand. I don't like the salt. I don't like fish. I hate shrimp. And I don't like Yankees. Say amen right there. I don't like the beach in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I am that guy at the beach that goes down, walks with my tennis shoes in the sand, walks down to the water and rolls my pants up. Because I ain't wearing no shorts. They ain't nothing unscriptural. I mean, shorts ain't against the Bible. But fellas, y'all look stupid in them things. I don't know what to tell you. Out there walking like you got your Crocs on with your shorts up above your knees. I tell Austin all the time, wearing them Crocs like that in the summer, his foot's going to turn into one big toe. I think I said that last week. That's what's going to happen to us, Austin. Austin, when I go down to the beach and I get near the oceans, I... I'd get by the edge of the water. And remember being a child, and the waves would come out, and you'd go out, and when they came in, you thought it was a big game to run and outrun them. And every now and again, there'd be a wave that would roll in so fast. It would splash on your br- I know y'all don't wear it, but it would splash on my pants. And it would get my leg wet from about here down. You ever seen salt water on blue jeans when it dries? There's a ring from about there down. Because water has a reaction to materials like cotton and linen. Now, I've got a wild imagination. I'm going somewhere. Watch me. Peter's got on a linen garment. When linen hits water, it changes when he got on the other side, remember, the Bible says, and beginning to sink. He didn't sink. He got about waist deep in that water, and Jesus grabbed him. That meant he was only wet from about here down. He gets to the other side, Aaron, and the day breaks. And somebody looks at him, and they say, Why Why is the bottom half of your Robe Got a funny looking color to it, but the top half looks fine. Peter would look at him and say, well, let me tell you, I almost sank. But when I reached out for Jesus, I didn't go all the way under. And all of a sudden, he's walking over. And there's a demon-possessed man coming out of the hills... That demon possessed man comes down there and all of a sudden everybody's looking around saying, wait a second, can our master take care of those demons? I believe Thomas looked around and said, there ain't no way that our master can take care of those demons. I believe Philip looked around and said, ain't no way that our master can take care of those demons. There ain't no way that our master, James said, can take care of those demons. And right about that time, Peter stepped forth with his garment that had been stained from the bottom down. He said, boys, I want y'all to look at me. I want to show you that I'm living proof that it may look hopeless and it may look impossible but as long as we stay where he's at, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it as long as we stay close to him. Ladies and gentlemen, right now the waves are rolling all around you and you feel like it's splashing on you and you feel like it's getting you soaking wet. What it's doing is it's giving you the evidence of a testimony. That trial is an evidence of the faithfulness of God. That problem is an evidence of the faithful of God. A transition is the evidence of the faithfulness of God. That problem is an evidence of the faithfulness of God. That issue is an evidence of the faithfulness of God. That situation is an evidence of the faithfulness of God. That problem is an evidence of the faithfulness of God. And when you get on the other side of the sunny banks of deliverance, you'll lift up your eyes and your life will be stained from a certain portion and you'll say, I'm here to tell you my God is faithful. And when I thought I was going under, he reached out further than I could reach up and pick me up. Oh, God, you can take a step of faith. You'll make it. There's great comfort. Brothers and sisters, Peter was in uncharted waters. He's in uncharted territory. And he had to make an uncharted step. And I remind you this morning, you may have to make an uncharted step. But as long as you're going in the direction of Jesus, it's going to be okay.